everybody, this is Justin Michael Williams with Motivation for Black People, interviewing young black creators and leaders who are making history today. And today, I am so excited to bring this interview to you guys today. I have Sarah Springer, who is becoming a great friend of mine. Um, we recently actually met in an event, and it's just like the serendipity of what happens when you meet amazing other black creatives who are in the space doing incredible things. And as soon as I met her, I knew we had to bring her and honor her on this podcast. So let me tell you a little bit about Sarah. For those of you guys who don't know, Sarah, first of all, is an Emmy is Emmy nominated for her work on Good Morning America. And she's one of the creative, creative directors at Riot. And if you don't know about Riot, Riot is actually an Emmy award winning storytelling company. They use all these different kinds of mediums like documentaries, film, 360 video, and really a pioneer in the space of telling stories that really matter. It's a company that was started by humanitarians, and Sarah and the work that she's doing there is really changing the landscape of storytelling that we see in media. And the main thing that I want to focus on with Sarah today um, that I want you guys to make sure you know is that she started an organization called Advocates for Inclusion in Media, AIM is how we'll refer to it, and it has about 600 members right now, and what's important about this is that it's really changing the landscape of media for underrepresented people in our world. And they're looking at how we can really work collectively as consumers and as media creators to make sure the content that's being put out into the world is actually representative of the world we live in and making sure that it's not just one-sided. And so the work that Sarah is doing there is really incredible and powerful, which is why I'm so pumped to have her talk today about young people working in this space, about black people working in the media space and us seeing in ourselves, seeing ourselves and how important that is in the media space. So, Sarah, how'd I do with your intro? Was that all right? <laughs> oh, oh, you're too kind. You're too kind, Justin. No, this is incredible. Thank you so much um, for giving me this opportunity to talk to you today. Great, Sarah. Thank you so much. So we're going to dive right in. I just, you know, you're doing so much um, in this space as a young Black woman really making moves in the world of media. And I just want to actually know what made you decide that you wanted to focus on really helping underrepresented people and people of color uh, see themselves in media? Was there some moment in your life that made you decide that you wanted to spend your energy building something like AIM? Oh, yeah, you know, definitely. There, I, I think that there were several moments. Um, and I, I could I could definitely talk about what happened uh, that kind of sparked my interest in this space as I started my career. But it actually happened in high school. So let me take you back, way back, okay, back into that. Um, in <laughs> high school, uh, you know, I grew up in Bakersfield, California. And you know, being African and Black American and you know, living and, and, and learning in a predominantly white, um, environment had its challenges. And, you know, there were maybe 5% of us were, were of color at my high school. And I remember taking a journalism class and in that class, you know, in, in the beginning, I just, I didn't feel motivated. I, I remember my instructor actually getting very angry at me, um, because <laughs> I just had nothing to offer. And, and, you know, it, it wasn't really until I started talking to my colleagues, my, my friends who were of color, that all of these stories started to emerge, you know, of the racism on campus. You know, we would see 
nooses uh, drawn in our restrooms. You know, young boys oh my gosh. say that they were being pushed in lockers, called the N-word, all of these things. I mean, we knew that racism existed, but I didn't know to what extent. So this really, really, really pushed me um, to write a feature story about my community um, at this high school, knowing that there would be some backlash, um, but doing it anyway. And that was my kind of my first taste of telling accurate stories uh, around people who were uh, who are under underrepresented and the impact of that. You know, when I when I finished that story um, and we had, uh, you know, wonderful imagery to go along with it, um, the administration was pissed. They were so upset. Mm, but the great thing of course. was that they were, right? But they were forced to make a change. They were forced to recognize what was going on on campus right underneath their noses. And that was like, whoa, I'm hooked. I was hooked from then on out um, when it came to storytelling and telling it with a purpose, right? Um, making sure that what we are putting out there um, is not only accurate, but that there is something to be learned that can bring about change, which is one reason why I'm so happy to be at Riot, which is why I'm so happy that I'm fortunate enough to have been able to have a career in storytelling and in journalism. It, it's So that that is one story that really sticks out to me um, that pushed me to really recognize my position within this space and um, the power that it actually has to, to, to change people's minds. Yeah, you know what's funny is I just actually, very recently, I know I'm late to the game, but I just like binged watched the entire first season of Dear White People um, last week, oh, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and I am like seeing you right now as this person on campus who's like making this huge shift <laughs> and uncovering like all the racism that's happening and making it make a change. It's just like, I'm totally seeing you in that whole Netflix series <laughs> <laughs> as you're telling that right? story. <laughs> but you no, know, I mean, I that's mean, incredible. Yeah, I, it's it's true. I, I think that, you know, then, you know, going to school for journalism and then, um, you know, working for CNN and then Good Morning America and then working at CBS and Vice and, and all of these places that I've had the opportunity to to actually work with. And, um, you know, you you see how we can forget our power. Um, you know, although, and I, I think we were talking about this before, you know, we understand that media is powerful and, and that, you know, it can, it can make or break things change. I mean, that's why it's being attacked by this current administration in the way that, that it is, right? But I think that as those who are actually creating the content, I think that we have to start thinking about our responsibility with that power, right? Yes. Um, so, yeah, so for any opportunity or for, you know, any time, any moment that we have where we can use this medium or, or several different mediums within storytelling um, to to name the truth, to name it. I mean, I, I would encourage everybody to do so. But it's not always easy. It's, it's not it's not always easy. I will say that. Yeah. You know, and I think one of the things I was just watching um oprah's like the interview that she actually did on the um press like junket after the golden globes and mm -hmm. one of the things that she had said one of the people in the audience asked her um what would be the advice that you would give to y those of us who are young filmmakers and artists and creatives that are making new work today and one of the things mm -hmm. that she said is you'll never miss 
if you really create from your soul and your heart and what's mm. really wanting to come through you and creating stories that um, really matter and that only you could tell because of your perspective. And I think like not just the she was telling them, don't just tell the stories that you think are popular and you think you're going to be famous. Sometimes it'll be hard to tell these stories, but they're the ones that only you can tell. And that's what I think mm. is so beautiful about what you're doing is you're really coming into these platforms and, and giving a voice as a creative director to people who may not have had voices before. Does that feel right? Like what you're doing? Oh, I mean, you know, absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of times we say we want to be the voice for, but really everyone we want to be the voice for has their own voice. It's just a matter of us allowing or having an open, uh, an, an open enough mind to allow them to tell it. Um, but really, you know, for years and years and years, if you think about those who are in positions of power within media, they're the ones who are making the ultimate decisions in the cutting room, right, in the edit room um, of what we see. And, and a lot of the time, it will reflect their own reality, right? So, so who are we in their reality? Are we sidekicks or are we the main topic, Right. Or, you know, or, or all these stories that we've grown up watching and for black people to in, in, where black people are are a part of the narrative. How are we being re represented? You know, I, I had an opportunity to um, film a lot of different people from different demographics uh, talk about stats around, um, you know, women in media and representation there, Asians, black women, black men. And there was an Indian man and he said, you know, it's not about the lack of representation. It's how we are being represented. It's how mm -hmm. we are being shown. And and that those realities are in they're 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 it's in we are incapable and and, and will be non-existent of telling those truths if we don't have the people themselves telling us their stories right and us really yeah. listening and 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 really accepting and trusting in their their stories um it, it it's just you know it, it's a difficult thing because sometimes we're not even realizing some of the imagery that we're accepting that's coming in and out of, of our television set or our, our you know, our phones. Um, because we, we don't even think about it. If we want to call it unconscious bias or whatever else, it's, it's that we've been seeing the same stories over and over and over and over again. And so it, even as a professional within the space, it's hard to pinpoint it, especially if you're not impacted, right? So again, for those who are making the decisions, those who are in leadership positions, who are ultimately saying yes or no about what stories go out and how they are how they are being distributed, um, have to have an understanding of the, of, you know, of the person of color, of the Indian man who is not just someone who works at a 7-Eleven, you know? And, but if you're not being forced to, to see outside of self on a daily basis, then you're not going to incorporate those truths uh, within the pieces that you distribute, right? So that's why it's so important. I mean, I can't emphasize enough for us to be mindful as content creators um, of who we're telling stories about. Have we enlisted our friends and our family or those who are outside of us to tell an accurate story? And that goes for those who are actually creating the 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 work within you know within these spaces, right? So are and so are we hiring people 
who come from different backgrounds, who then can help us reflect reality as it is. Um, so these are all things that, that, you know, we have to think about as well um, when we're telling our, our stories so and important. our truths. Yeah, this is so important, Sarah. I think it's just like it, the, the piece that you're really speaking to right now so strongly is about the people in the positions of power and the people inside the companies and the diversity that's created there and how that diversity yeah. then reflects back to the consumer, back to the viewer so that they can Absolutely. see themselves. Um, I really, I mean, one of the things that you said that I actually wrote down over here is just like that it's not about a lack of rep representation, but it's about how we are being shown. I mean, it's kind of like if we don't have people of color in positions of power, the how can't change because there's no, Absolutely. they don't see us differently. Right? Oh, so, oh, wow, I mean... It's pretty crazy. What about, I mean, I want to speak to now, we've talked a lot about the importance of seeing black people in the inside of the creating the content, mm -hmm. but what about seeing black people on the flip side of that? So now why is it important or why do you even think it is important to you to see a greater representation for the consumer? What is the effect of, of that, of telling real stories and reflecting what's really hap happening in the world that we live in? Well, I mean, you know, a lot of these talks, a lot of conversation around media literacy started to um, started to show up uh, with the new administration, right? And you know, we can't expect consumers, uh, even as consumers ourselves, who are creating creating a lot of this story, uh, this, this storytelling. Um, we're for, we forget we're human beings. Um, it, it's hard to differentiate what is truth and and you know what is false and and um, but you know as a con as consumers, you know having that literacy or at least trying your best to understand or at least speak out and up against imagery that could potentially impact your community, I think is really important. Right. But it is it is the response. I mean, I, I hold a lot of the responsibility upon those who are in the newsrooms, uh, you know, and who those who are in positions of power, because, you know, as a consumer, you're expected to trust. Right. You, you're trusting these people who are telling you these stories to tell you the whole story. And it's not about not showing, you know, the bad things about black people or, you know, just the good things about black people. It's about showing the whole story. And I right. think that we struggle with that um, a lot. And so as a consumer, I mean, I can't and, and as a consumer myself, like I can't blame a person who is taking a story, um, you know, for maybe not recognizing everything that might be wrong or problematic. Right. Um, because you're trusting that, that you're being told the whole story. Um, yeah. But 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 one thing that I do want to say in regard to this um, and about creators, black creators and black consumers is knowing our power. I saw a stat the other day and I think I saw it on Refinery29's new Instagram page for black women. They empower black women. It's really, really dope. And they were saying that, you know, black people, have, you know, our buying power is in the trillions, right? But what we give back to black businesses is like 2%, right? Wow. And so in thinking about our power, I, you know, we, 
are a powerful people. Oh my gosh. And I, and I'm not even like saying that because I'm a black woman. I mean, I mean, thinking about just as, as Africans, as black men, what we have endured, what we will continue to endure, but still rise above, we can do anything. The problem and the hardest thing about mobility and movements is not necessarily getting the right people in the room, but rather convincing everyone else that there might be a risk in walking away. There might be a risk in saying, hey, I am your creative mind. I own this. I am making you money. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, they're, it's hard. People have to pay bills. People are afraid. People, you know, yeah. when I think about the, the NFL, for example, and I think about, you know, imagining if, if every single black player decided to walk away, to take their $29 million or whatever, invest it in something else and say, I'm going to walk away until my demands are met. Do you know how much yeah. power is in that? And so, so when I much. think about the consumers, that is something that I wish we understood as well, that you have the power to make the ratings as low as possible. I don't know if I can't believe I, you know, I'm saying that. <laughs> Probably not no, it's the truth. I mean, it's really, it's <laughs> really it's the, the truth, truth what you're saying. Yeah. You know, it's empowering others, empowering ourselves and understanding our power, right? And saying, hey, you have the power. You are the consumer. If this doesn't reflect your community, if this is in fact killing your community. In a turn life, it off. <laughs> turn it off. And don't be afraid. Yeah. Let's not be afraid anymore, you know? Anyway. Well, I think it's one. No, this is this is so important, and I think that uh, you're the first person that I've interviewed that's been able to speak to this so powerfully. And I think just that I'm watching this actually happening this year, and in the last year, is this new regime has come, you know, into place, yes. and everybody's kind of banding together. Is that yeah. um, I'm I'm seeing all my friends who are black, like we are purposely making sure we're watching black TV and everyone's yes. going to watch all the black movies and every, and, and guess oh, yeah. what? There's more, you know? And so yep. it's we so important up. that we do that because we're starting to recognize the power in it, you know? And it's because of Absolutely. that, we're going to get more content that, that represents us. So this is great. You know, Sarah, I want to make sure we have some time to dive into um, the three tips section here, which is my favorite part of the interview yeah. because it's really the moment for us to take some of the lessons that you've learned along the way in your experience of becoming who you are today and the influencer you are today mm -hmm. and, you know, really give people a chance who are listening from wherever they are, whether they're wanting to get into media or working in media right now at a desk listening to this podcast as they're at work or, you know, they're somebody who... Um, is just a consumer, what are the three lessons that you've learned that somebody listening right now could immediately turn off this podcast and begin to make a change in their life in a positive way? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think the, the first thing, you know, if anyone's interested in getting into media, becoming a producer, um, a creative director, is to really trust your gut, trust yourself. Um, you know, it, it, again, it, you know, this is another thing that's easier said than done with a lot of noise that seems to be, you know, around us, sometimes even our own noise, right, um, with doubts. And, and that's natural. Um, and, and, you know, being able to really trust yourself, uh, it does take time. It takes healing, right? Um, you know, we've talked about healing practices and the importance of really getting to the core of who you are and, you um, 
So I would say that there were many moments where I, I didn't trust myself and then later on thought, oh, no, I should have. I, I was right. Um, so so being a friend to self and really trusting yourself and your gut, I think, is something that really, really helps uh, within this space. Another thing, as you know, for anybody who's interested in being a storyteller, is listening. And and in listening, being open to other, right? Um, I think it gets very hard, um, especially as Black people. You know, we've always had to consider other um, within, you know, the spaces in which we live. Um, but I think that it'll not only enhance your storytelling, but to really be curious about people who don't look like you, people who don't live like you, people, you know, always constantly looking, you know, based on that curiosity would not only help um, you become a better storyteller, um, but it'll allow you then to adopt this idea of not necessarily giving a voice for, but giving the voice, uh, you know, giving that, that voice, that opportunity. Right. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. totally. You know, it, it, right. You know, sometimes it, it, it's, and it's hard for me too. You know, you want to close off or, you know, it, it feels overwhelming. Um, but I will say that, Having an opportunity to come from, you know, an Ethiopian mom who, you know, made me grow up with Nigerians and Filipinos and white people and, you know, and then I grew up in an AME church and, you know, all of these things, all of these lessons that I learned from all of these people, you know, one thing that it really did for me was it allowed me to see beauty and difference But it also reassured me in understanding that we're just human beings. Just, you know, that that we're all kind of kind of the same you know we're we're really and you've probably heard that a million times over but i it's just it it's it's so evident you know the more people you speak to and you engage with and and it also gives it gives us opportunities for learning moments and teaching moments yeah and just this thing that you're saying about listen too it's just when you're saying that we're all the same and we're all just humans it's just the constant thing with listening too is that everybody just wants to be heard and everybody just wants to be understood, you know, and to feel like they belong. And so to understand that that's really the core of where we're all coming from is so powerful, especially if you're somebody who's, who is telling stories. Um, this is incredible. I mean, absolutely. And it's not always easy, believe me, you know, to to, to listen to, you know, a bigot, (laughs) whomever else, sometimes you do have to turn it off. Um, Right, right. But there can be lessons in all of it. Then what about um, your third tip? You've got to give us one more. <laughs> yes. Uh, I would say forgive yourself. Um, mm. this, is a, this is a journey. Uh, and I, I think that we tend to be very hard on ourselves, on the mistakes we made, the one thing we didn't do, the uh, – you know, if – yeah, I, if I could give any type of advice is to never forget um, that you have the chance every single day that you're alive 
the free will every single day that you are breathing to make some change, right? So forgive because if you don't have the mistakes, if you don't have the human, you know, the humanistic, just this, this, this idea that, you know, that, that there's doubt or that there's confusion, then you won't really know how to appreciate um, your, your true self and your journey. Um, so for forgiving yourself, I think is, is a big, mm. big thing as well. And, and no, I mean, if really we want to talk yeah. about like, okay, but if we want to talk about like no. logistics and things, networking is key as well. And you know, writing skills. No, I think, I think the curious. way that you dove in is really great. I think the way that you actually dove in like straight to the heart of the matter is this is the, these are the things that if you're networking and you know, it's not going to work if you're not doing any of these other things, <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. <laughs> tr- number one was trusting your gut. Um, just as a recap, you guys trust your gut, trust your instincts. Number two is listen. And I love your line here about just being open to other Um, being open to the narratives and the stories and the reasonings of other people, especially those of you guys who are telling stories. And then the last one, just really honoring your journey and forgiving yourself along the way if you make mistakes. Because I love the, you know, the fact that the only time we fail is when we quit, right? And the only time that our mistakes are actually mistakes is when we don't learn from them. So forgiving yourself is great when we're learning from what we're going through. This is beautiful, Sarah. I'm wondering, for the people listening who are wanting to get into the media space and wanting to mm-hmm. create uh, more space for black people to be seen in the media space. What do you think is one of the biggest things holding them back from being able to mm. accomplish this? Well, I could talk about a couple of things, you know, young people within media. Um, I can understand, um, can have some hesitation when speaking up and speaking out right? You're beginning your career for the first time. It's really hard and it can get very intimidating. Um, You want to keep your job. You don't know what the culture is and if the culture will actually, in fact, push you away if you speak your, your truth. But I would really, really, really suggest for those who are just starting out and for those who are mid-level employees as well, to find someone, a mentor, a Um, you know, and if you don't have leaders of color, um, or women or, you know, in the space, even if it's a colleague to be able to talk to, to vent to, and, and to find and, and help, help one another in speaking up when you see imagery that, you know, is potentially damaging, or if you would like to present other people, you know, who have skills, um, who are underrepresented, who could come on board. Um, and, and also, you know, if you do have a supervisor or a manager who is open enough to, to talk to you, um, or if you feel comfortable enough, have that sit down and, and explain, you know, what it means to, to be a person of color within these spaces where, you know, you may not feel always, you may not always feel okay about speaking up. It can be very scary. Right. Um, But it's about finding those little itty bits of courage. And I think that really comes with, um, you know, community. And so if it's just one person or a few people that you can can exchange with, um, the confidence builds 
there. But I, I, I totally understand, you know, how difficult it can be. Um, you know, for those who are in leadership positions, take a chance, right? I mean, I've been very fortunate to have wonderful mentors of color who have taken chances um, on other young people of color. And, and, and then I've also experienced those who, who haven't, who've made it incredibly yeah. uncomfortable, who've made it almost impossible. I've walked away feeling like I had PTSD, like I didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, um, we've all been there. <laughs> Okay, it's like it's crazy, um, but but if you can find those you know to surround yourself with who who understand, I think that is the biggest thing. You know, um, finding people within those spaces um, because we can't do it alone. We 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 have to do it together. Um, it's better if we do it together. Even so, that's one thing that I I would say. Um, you know, and, and then again, if you are in a leader's position, again, take that chance. Um, if you have, if you feel you have nothing to lose, I mean, it took me a long while, I'll be honest. It took me a while to feel like I didn't really have anything to lose. Um, because there were, there were times when I was a producer at places where I felt like I, you know, if I spoke up and I, and when I did, I was given so much pushback. In fact, I was pushed to the edge. You know, there it was really, really, really hard for me. Um, but, it, you know, once you keep going, you find other places to to call, you, you know, your new work home or whatever it may be, um, you start to build more and more of that confidence. Um, but for That's young beautiful. people, I think it's really finding that mentor um, and, and finding the confidence to do so, finding that security, because it can be very scary. Yeah, no, totally. And you know what, this is a perfect segue into the the last question that I have for you that I also ask every single person, which is now if you could look back, Sarah, at your younger self, now you're talking about these people who are in the entry level or mid level positions, when you can look back at little Sarah, just starting on this journey, getting all the pushback, <laughs> not being in the position that you're in today. Um, with, you know, if you could sit where you are now and look back at that little girl and say, something to her, what would it be that you would say to her to encourage her to give her advice? You know, if I could talk to little Sarah, I'd say there's a... You'd be like, girl! (laughs) (laughs) There is a bit of a journey ahead, Um, but take it all in because if you trust your gut, and you stay open to others, and you forgive yourself throughout this journey, everything that happens, both good or bad, um, will get you to the place where you know this is exactly where you were meant to be. So that's Mm. probably what I would tell myself. Mm. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Just trusting (laughs) in the journey. No. I felt it. No, I felt it. Yeah, no, that's, you know what? Everybody says some version of that, right? Like, just relax, yo. Like, yeah. relax, girls. Gonna be all right. You're not as old as you think. Like, it's gonna be all good. <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. So, Sarah, thank we you so, so much. much. We're right at our time right now. But I do want to make sure for anybody who wants to find out more about what you're doing with AIM and uh, yeah. or get in touch with you, what's the best way for people to look this up online to um, continue the conversation with you after they listen to this? For sure. Um, 
you can definitely visit our Facebook page. Um, we're Advocates for Inclusion in Media. You can find us there, and I will accept uh, the invites invite, on an invite basis. Or a, you know, um, but that's a great place. And there you can find um, a huge community, a lot of uh, jobs and, and great articles and um, uh, information about some of the, the events that we put on if you're interested in learning about um, salary and knowing your worth and all kinds of good stuff there. Um, and you can also um, e- you can also check us out on um, aimcoalition.org. That is A-I-M coalition dot org. Um, and right there, it's it's very simple. It's kind of under instruction right now. But um, but if you, you know, add your email um, right there on the website, then it'll come directly to us. And um, any questions you have, we will be very happy to to answer them. Amazing. I just pulled up the site right now. Cool little logo. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay, yeah, so I'm putting so I'm simple. I'm putting myself I'm, I'm in. Kind of... No, it's all you need right now. It's all you need right now. I'm putting myself on the list. Well, thank you Good. so much, Sarah. This has been such an honor to interview in this way. And I'm sure so many people have Likewise. really learned from you. I mean, having I, I'm just imagining the amount of people who are listening to this podcast while they're commuting to work and going and in these media positions or wanting to be in them and now having a better understanding that there are people like you who are helping our people come up and be seen and represented and heard and giving a voice to the people who don't have the platform. So I thank you so much and I honor you oh, and thank, thank you, you for showing up here. So um, for everybody listening, thank you so much. You know how to reach out to Sarah. You can get in touch with them on Facebook or on the website. And I will see you on the next podcast. Until then, bye. Bye.